Thank you, ladies. <clears throat> well, we're in our Doctrinal Delicacy series, and so we're still moving along through that. We're going to deal today with the will of God, the will of God. And so we're going to look at that just a little bit today and see what we can learn. <clears throat> but um, we're going to go there. Now, <clears throat> I did read uh, about a lawyer. <clears throat> Singles know what are com- what's coming. <clears throat> a lawyer parked uh, at the side of at the side of the road, you know, and he, he opened the door to his BMW, and uh, suddenly, I mean, out of nowhere, a speeding car just appeared from nowhere, and it just hit the door and ripped it off of his car. Well, the lawyer was outraged. I mean, he was upset. He was just so livid and so angry and upset. And by the time the police arrived at the scene, the lawyer was whining and crying. Officer, look what that person did to my beamer. You have to find him. You have to arrest him. You lawyers are so materialistic. You make me sick, the officer snapped. You're so upset about your stupid BMW that you didn't even notice that your left arm was ripped off in the accident. Oh, my goodness. Finally noticing that bloody stump that was hanging off of the shoulder. My Rolex. Where's my Rolex? Okay, it was bad, I know. The single said I had to tell it, but anyway. I said it better this morning, didn't I? Did I do it better? I'm not good at retell it. Yeah, right. That's what I want to do, retell it. <clears throat> yeah. If I retell it, I won't even be appreciated. I'll be kicked out. But anyway. <clears throat> All right, let's go ahead and consider the will of God. That was the best I could do tonight. I'm sorry. Boy. As a child of God, let's face it, um, <clears throat> one of the most important goals in our life, probably the most important, <clears throat> is knowing and understanding and finding the will of God for our life. Um. When it's all said and done, a person will virtually, a Christian at least, will be a failure. Anybody will be in that regard uh, if they fail to find the will of God and fulfill the will of God for their life. That's why God created us. That's why God made us to fulfill His will in our life. He saved us not just so that we can go to heaven. He saved us with a purpose. He saved us to fulfill a, a purpose and to complete a purpose. And that purpose is His will being done in our life. It's important that we find the will of God, and we need to understand where to find it and how to obtain it, and then how to accomplish it, obviously. God's not hiding His will, and that seems to be kind of a common thread all the time. You know, what's the will of God for your life? Nobody says, I don't know. What does God want for you in your life? I don't know yet. And so we get the idea somehow that God's hiding the will, His will from us. He's not hiding His will from us. makes it very clear to us. And um, someone's saying, oh, that's ridiculous. I can't wait to hear this. Well, you're going to find that the will of God has been right in front of you the whole time. And uh, we're going to note that here in the next few moments as we consider the will of God tonight. Again, what a wonderful doctrinal delicacy. One of those things that truly encourages us and can uh, just inspire us to the thought of knowing the will of God for our life. The question tonight really isn't, will you know the will of God? The question is, will you do the will of God? Will you allow the will of God to be not only a part of your life, but become your life? And that's so important. And 
you know, most of the time, let's face it, as believers, we know what's right and wrong, and we know what we should and shouldn't do, and we use excuses about, we say we're ignorant, therefore, you know, we don't know what we're supposed to, but the truth is, we know enough to do that if we just do what we knew to do, we'd be a lot different often than where we are even now, and so tonight, we're going to expose the will of God tonight, and give you an opportunity to know what the will of God is, and then it's all up to each of us what we're going to do with it. And so, tonight, let's consider the will of God as we consider our doctrinal delicacies tonight. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, <clears throat> we come to you, and we count it a privilege to gather here tonight. Lord, each and every one of us, I, I think, Father, uh, uh, will want to hear and want to learn and want to grow. And, Lord, they, we wouldn't be here tonight if we didn't want those things in our life. So, Lord, I, I've got to believe that as we expose the will of God, as we share it, as we make it available, as we open it up to others, and it's visible that, Father, if there is an area that we've maybe struggled in, that you'd just uh, convict us of it, and we'd be more than willing to, Father, correct it, <clears throat> move forward, that we'd adopt it, that we'd uh, embrace it. Now, Father, again, we love you. We need you. And just help us to understand this uh, simple truth, but, Lord, one that's often misunderstood and confused. We'll thank you. We'll praise you for it in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so... <clears throat> Where do I find the will of God for my life? Um, someone says, you know, I, I want to do the will of God. I have a desire to. I mean, you may have been saved a month. You may have been saved 10 years, maybe 20 or 30. And if I said to you, what's the will of God for your life? You'd say, well, I, I think the will of God is for me to be a family man. The will of God is for me to be working at this job that I'm in. The will of God is to be uh, in this particular church. The will of God is to, uh, uh, you know, we could go through this list of things, right? But what we're going to find is that that's not the will of God at all. It has nothing to do with the will of God. Um, well, it does have something to do with it, and we'll notice that in a moment. But the will of God is not physical. It's spiritual. And, you know, <clears throat> if you're going to find the will of God, you've got to know where to look for it. Amen. So let's find the will of God. Let's take our Bibles today, and let's find the will of God. Because that's where the will of God is found, in the Word of God. It's real simple. And so we look over in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 1 through 2. We're going to note the will of God. The Bible defines the will of God for us. <clears throat> One of the most confusing areas uh, for young men and young ladies especially, and the reason they're confused is because their parents and their families and their pastors and their, their leaders are confused because their Bible college professors are confused. Everybody thinks, you know, everybody's got the idea many times, it seems to me at least when I was in Bible college, Everybody thought the will of God was a place. It was a geographical location. It was something physical, but it's not. I learned the truth a long time ago when I, when I was going to Bible college before. I, I didn't learn it in Bible college because I used to laugh almost because they'd ask questions like, okay, what's the will of God for your life? And they'd have you stand up in the crowd and everybody go, I think God wants me to be a missionary. All nervous and everything. What's the will of God for your life? And the guy would say, I believe God's called me to pastor. What's the will of God for your life, young man? Ah, uh, well, I think God, I believe God wants me to. And they'd say, what's the will of God for your life? I'd say, I'm in the middle of it. I'm in the center of the will of God. I'm right where I'm supposed to be, right here doing what I'm doing. I'm right where I'm supposed to be. In the middle, center of God's will. But what God wants you to do with your life? What's the will of God for your life? I'd say, to be here right now. Right now doing what I'm doing. They're like, God, sit down. 
because they don't know what the will of God was. Let's see what the will of God is. <clears throat> Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 2 says, if you're there, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Here's the will of God. Did you see the will of God? Did you just get it? There it was. We're to present our bodies a living sacrifice. And we're to be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. That's the will of God for you. That's the will of God. There it was, right in the, right in the Word of God. God, are, God is looking for men and women who allow Him to rule their lives. He's looking for those who will give him their all, that surrender, submit themselves, not be conformed to this world, but be different, changed, transformed. We cannot be in the will of God as long as we think and act like the world. It's impossible. The will of God is a spiritual thing. Therefore, the will of God is simply presenting ourselves and, and allowing ourselves to not be conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of our minds. Romans 8, 29 says, For whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. What's the will of God for your life? Well, I'm to be I'm to be. A living sacrifice. I'm to be, not to be conformed to this world. I'm to be, I'm to have the mind of Christ, if you will. Hmm. Interesting. So what's God called you to do? We're talking about the will of God right now, aren't we? I'm to be a living sacrifice. Not conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of my mind. Also, look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 through 17. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17. <clears throat> Over here in the passage, it says, See then that you walk circumspectly. We talked about that. We've, we've recognized that in the past. We talked about it being very carefully. You know, you got your eye out. You're scanning the whole area. You don't want to be caught off guard. Not as fools. You're walking circumspectly. Not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Redeem the time. Make best use of your time. Don't waste your time. Don't waste time. That's the will of God. How much time do we waste? I came in today and... Mr. Jurgen's reading a book. He's finishing it up. Not wasting any time, I'll guarantee you that. Now, the only thing he messed up on is he could have spent a little time talking to me, though. Missed out. <laughs> he was. He was more captivated by the book, absolutely. I don't blame him, to be honest with you. 
But you want to know something? I mean, we do waste a lot of time, don't we? And you know what? The Bible's teaching us that the will of God is that we redeem the time because the days are evil. And he, he says, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Be not unwise. Understand. Man, listen, you and I need to, as the Bible says, redeem the time. Walk circumspectly. Do not waste time. What's the will of God for your life? Well, I'm to be a living sacrifice, not conform to this world. I'm to be spending my time wisely for the cause of Christ. Ephesians chapter 6, another chapter over. Look there at verse 5 through 7. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, and fear with fear and trembling, in singleness of your heart, as unto Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men. What do we find? That our service is to be done from the heart. Everything we do is from the heart. It's not with lip service. It's not with eye service. It's from the heart. Genuine, sincere. God wants genuine and sincere believers. Those that are serving Him with their whole heart from inside out. Yeah, the outside ought to reflect the inside and it will. However, the inside has to be addressed and dealt with. The will of God is obviously that we do all service from the heart. It's not enough to just do the right things. We need to do it with the right attitude. Isn't that the breakdown in the home often with our young people and our children? Oh, I took the trash out, or yeah, I cleaned my room, and I washed the dishes, and I did what I was told. Well, you're not doing it with a very good attitude. I can tell by the way you're saying it. There's something wrong with that. It's not enough that we just do right. We need to do right with the right attitude. And that's the difficult part. Why? And that's why it's the will of God for your life. It's the will of God for mine. God's not pleased when we just go around superficially or in our flesh, putting ourselves down. Even though we die to self daily, He wants the heart to be involved. He wants it to be an attitude. Not with eye service. You be obedient to your masters. Not with just eye service as men pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. With goodwill doing services to the Lord and not to men. But as servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. That's amazing, isn't it? That means those people that were slaves. Listen now, you look at it, you read the history, what went on in the early church. If you, you didn't pay your bills, you were put in bondage. You had to work for somebody. They, they, you, they owned you. Some of these poor folk here and some of these folks that had gotten themselves in a mess, those people were slaves virtually. They had to look at the, what they had to, how they had to treat their masters. Think about that for a minute. And we can't, even, we can't even have a good attitude toward the boss. We get to go home at night. We can't have a good attitude with somebody that's giving us a little trouble at work. You know, you, you, I don't think you pay me enough. So I'm just going to go ahead and cut some corners. You, you know what I'm talking about. 
And, and these guys, the Bible tells very clearly that they are to, as it says here, obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling and singleness of heart as unto the Christ, as though it were Christ the one telling you what to do. Go get me something to drink. Go do this. Go do that. Make my bed. Clean my room. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. With a good attitude. Why? Because it's as though Christ is asking them. And and he goes on to say, not with eye service as men please. Not just doing it just to get it done, just to finish the job, just to somehow cover your tracks. But as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. The will of God is being obedient and serving the way you ought to. Having a, a heartfelt attitude of service. Serving from the heart. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 now. So the will of God is outlined in the Word of God. We're to present our bodies a living sacrifice. We're not to be conformed to this world. We're to redeem the time, make best use of every moment of our time. We're to serve from the heart. It's the will of God for your life. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 2 through 7. I'm going to look there. The Bible says, <clears throat> For ye know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles which know not God, that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter, because that the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also have forewarned you and testified. For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. Yeah, the will of God is, according to the word of God again, he says, for this is the will of God. What? Even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. And ultimately, he rounds it out by saying, Hey, listen, we're not called unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. It's the will of God to remain pure and holy in a generation of sin. Brother, you want to to follow the will of God? You want to know the will of God? You want to do the will of God? Then stay pure and clean in this wicked, sinful world in which you're living. That's the will of God. That's not just the will of God for the pastor. It's not just the will of God for a Christian servant that's on staff at a church. That's God's calling. That's what God's will is for your life and mine. Bible college student, what's what's God's will for your life? Well, I think God wants me to be a a preacher. God wants me to be an evangelist. God wants me to be a missionary. God wants you to be holy. Because the will of God is a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual thing. You know what I think is, there's a part of me that, wants, that kind of feels this way. Now, maybe I'm wrong, okay? And I'm, I'm entitled to an opinion here. I kind of feel like we've kind of shrouded the will of God in secrecy from our pulpits and in general because if we didn't, then everybody would have to admit how much of a failure they are. I mean, I'm, I'm a preacher, right? I'm a pastor. I found the will of God for my life. 
Oh, how separated are you? How holy are you? How busy are you instead of wasting time? You get where I'm going with this a little bit? See, we can all say, look at me, I'm doing a good job. I found the will of God for my life, and I'm somebody in the economy of God. You start comparing yourself to the real will of God according to the Word of God, and let me tell you something, it's a rude awakening. It's rude. It's, it's a harsh reality that we are miserably failing often in the Christian life. In our generation, if we just took the holiness issue, Amen. I mean, if we just dealt with the sanctification of the believer, if we just dealt with that issue, how far are we from what God intends us to be in that area? And we can go ahead and we can point to our culture and our society and say, well, you just, got, you just don't realize that we live in such a wicked, sinful world. It's such a deplorable situation we're in. We can't help but be dirtied and muddied and, 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 and corrupted by it. I mean, it's just the way it is. Well, what, what was that whole ordeal that Jesus had all the disciples walk, you know, take their, their little moccasin, their little, their little whatever they call those things off? Sandals. I don't think men ever wore sandals. But, but the fact is, is that, not real men, but anyway, um, he had them take off those shoes that they were wearing. Probably wingtip shoes or something. And so anyway, they took those off and he washed their feet. Peter says, I, you don't need to wash my feet, Jesus. And he says, yes, I do, Peter. You do want me to wash your feet. Oh, no, no, no. If you're going to wash my feet, then wash me whole. Wash all of me. I'll just have it all. He says, no, you just need to have your feet washed because when you get out in that world, the dust kicks up, remember, from house to house. You just need to wash those feet off from time to time because you're going to get dirty in this world. You want to know something? Every one of us gets dirty in the world. That's not an excuse to stay dirty, though. First Thessalonians 4, 2 through 7. Remain pure and holy in a generation where sin is ever abounding. If we turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, we would learn that we're to come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. We don't talk much about separation today. We've, we've lost it. We haven't lost it because it's out of the Bible. We haven't lost it because God gave up on it. We haven't lost it because he changed his mind. We've lost it because it's just easier not to worry about it. But holiness is still the will of God for our lives. To live an unclean life is to be out of the will of God. And we all would understand, oh yeah, you're committing adultery, therefore you certainly are out of the will of God. But what about those sinful, lustful thoughts? What, because I can't see them, or you can't see them, that makes us clean? We better be careful. We're talking about the will of God. We need to find it. It's in the Word of God. Notice what it says here in 1 Thessalonians 5.18 now. We're in 1 Thessalonians 4. Let's move one chapter over. We're talking about the will of God. It's, it's, it's outlined. It's clear in the Word of God. In 1 Thessalonians 5.18... In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Sometimes I'm not sure if that one's harder than holiness. In everything give thanks? Did he really say that? I mean, honestly, did God really say that? Okay, you want to be in the will of God? You want to know what the will of God is? In everything give thanks. In everything give thanks. What? Everything? Even the bad stuff? 
Well, that's what he says. That's what God said. I, can I explain that? No. Do I understand it completely? Not at all. How do I do it? I don't know. I'll, when I get to the end of the road, hopefully I'll learn a few lessons and I might be a little better at it than I am now. But let me tell you something. That's a battle right there. That's a struggle. There's nothing easy about that. But that doesn't change the fact. Just because you fail at it and because maybe I failed at it, just because we struggle with it doesn't mean that it's no less the will of God. And you know what? If we want to be in the will of God, then we better learn how to give thanks for everything and in everything, I should say. And notice it's in everything. I think that's what it says. Let me look at it again. In everything, give thanks. One might argue, well, for everything you ought to give thanks to, but I know at least he says in everything. So when I'm going through it, I have to find a reason to be thankful for it. That's what I learned. I think on the onset, it's kind of hard to be thankful for certain things. But in it, we have to learn. Paul said, not that I speak in respect of one, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. You can't be content in a situation unless you can thank God for it in a sense. Because if you're miserable about it, you just you have a hard time being content in it, obviously. Man, that's a tough one right there. I, I don't understand it completely. You say, well, God's unreasonable. Well, you can tell him that one day. But for right now, if you want to be in the will of God, you have to learn to follow and to comply with God's standard. And this is the will of God. I didn't say it was easy, but it is visible and it's very clear. It's not hidden from us. It's in the Word of God. <clears throat> 1 Peter chapter 2 now, 13 through 15. Again, we're, we're understanding what the will of God is. Bible college students, what's the will of God for your life? Well, I, God, I'm going to be an evangelist. God's called me to be a preacher. I haven't read anything there that says that's what the will of God is for anyone's life. The will of God is a spiritual thing, and it's found in the Word of God. I mean, the will of God is a spiritual thing. It's found in the Word of God. Notice what he says here now, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. Whose sake? Why do you, do what the, why do you submit to the ordinances of men? For whose sake? Your own? Yeah, it's a good idea to follow the speed limit. It's a good idea to follow the law. But in the end, why do we do anything? For the Lord. We do it all for Him. We don't do it for the preacher. Although it's good to want to do nice things for the preacher. We don't just do things for mom and dad. Although it's good to want to do things for mom and dad. But one day you'll grow up enough in your spiritual life. You'll realize whether mom and dad ask you to do right or not, you're going to do right because you're doing it for the Lord. And whether mom and dad do it with the right attitude or spirit, you're still going to do the right thing toward mom and dad because that's exactly what you're doing. You're doing it for Jesus. So mom may not have a right. She, she say something stupid. You know, go, go get this. Go give, get some, uh, spray this. Spray your clothes down in your room. Spray my clothes down in the room. That's stupid, mom. Why would I want to spray that down? Won't I damage the floor? Won't the water leak on through? Won't it create some water damage? Won't it just make a mess on our hands? I don't care. You don't have to understand. You just do what I tell you, buster. Now, that doesn't make any sense, but that's about how ridiculous we can get sometimes with our kids when they don't obey us. We tell them to do stupid things. I used to do that just for fun. <laughs> Not that, of course, because then my wife would have to clean it up. But <clears throat> I never would. But anyway, you don't believe that, do you? But anyway... Um, are you going to do what mom says? Yeah, you, you need to do what mom says, but you want to know why you're going to do it? For the Lord's sake. You do it for the Lord's sake. Someone says, I want my kids to obey me because they're obeying me. Not me. I want my kids to learn to obey the Lord. I want them to do it for Christ's sake. 
If they learn to do it for the Lord's sake, then guess what? Long after I'm gone, they'll be doing right. I'm not that arrogant. I don't need my kids to adore me like God. I want them to adore God. And they can love me and they can honor me and all the things God says to do. But if they don't get it right with Him, they'll never get it right with me. And that's why so many marriages are messed up. Because we're not doing things God's way. And we're doing it for the wrong purposes. Usually it's for selfishness. Now, notice what he says here. Got to be careful, I'm getting off the topic. But 1 Peter chapter 2, Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme, or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. I mean, notice this. You are to obey those in authority. I'm to obey those in authority. Why? It's the will of God. It's the will of God. You know what? God says, I even give you a reason for it. I'm telling you, it's, it's good because with your well-doing, you may put the signs to ignorance of foolish men. When they see you doing good, even when you ought to be doing bad, even when everyone else is compelled to do wrong, guess what? It looks good for me. And it looks good for you. They go, man, I can't believe this. The fact is, is that obeying those that are in authority over us is the will of God. You say, yeah, but you don't know that that teacher, you don't know that boss, you don't know that, that, that husband, you don't know that wife, you don't understand what I'm dealing with. I don't care what you're dealing with. You want to be in the will of God? Then you have to follow the will of God. It's written out, it's explained, it's identified here in the Word of God. It's simple. I didn't say it was easy to do, but it's simple to find. It's right there in the Word of God. It's right here. Finally, notice Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. 2 Peter 3, 9. <clears throat> What's the will of God? In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, the Bible says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, who are not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. If He's not willing, then the will is that none should perish then, right? If He's not willing that any should perish, so His will is that all get saved. That all come to Christ. Amen. That all are repentant. That all get right with Him. It's the will of God. What's the will of God for your life? Bible college student. We sit out here in the, the crowd. Not here tonight, you, but thinking back. What's the will of God? God's called me to be a pastor. God's called me to be an evangelist. God's called me to be a missionary. What's the will of God, O'Donnell, for your life? I'm in the center of it right now. Right where I'm supposed to be, doing what I'm supposed to do. Right here, standing here right now is the will of God for my life. No, but what's the will of God for your life? That is the will of God. Because the fact is, is that the will of God is spiritual. It has nothing to do with where I am physically in that sense. Spiritually, I'm right where I belong. Are you where you belong? And that was the goal. That's the key. When it's all said and done, our bodies will be living sacrifice. We're not to be conformed to this world. The will of God is that we redeem the time. The will of God is that our service be done from the heart. The will of God is that we remain pure and holy. The will of God is that in everything, in everything we give thanks. That we obey those in authority over us and understand that everyone is to be saved. God wants everyone to repent. That's the will of God. 
There it is in the Word of God. It's not a secret. It's not hidden agenda. It's not if you get close enough to God, you'll find the will of God. No, if you'll just read the Word of God, you'll find the will of God. Because God has exposed the will of God for all of us to enjoy and to be a part of and to participate in and to embrace. Now, the problem comes with the plan of God. See, there is a will of God. We just read about it. It's quite obvious. It's right there in the Word of God. But then there's a plan of God. Now, here's the thing. The plan of God... is a little bit different. It includes the physical. It includes the the where, the whens, the hows of your service for Christ. That's the plan of God. And by the way, the plan of God is something that only God knows for you. It's unique to you. Now, obviously there's Safety in a multitude of counselors. You ought to seek out counsel and you ought to allow others to give you some insights and understanding. But, and, and that helps to navigate you through this thing. But, but see, the plan of God has to do or include the physical. If they would have said, what's the plan of God for your life, young man? And I stood to my feet, I'd have said at that point, I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm not, I don't have any clear direction on the plan of God. I just am doing my best to remain in the center of the will of God. A place where God can now steer me into the plan of God. So where do you find the plan of God? That's a good question then. Because isn't that really the question every parent's asking their kids when they're about 17? What are you going to do with your life? 17-year-olds have a good handle on that usually. I counsel all these teenagers all the time. And I hope I'm not going against you parents, but they'll come say, Preacher, I just don't know what the will of God is for my life. And I, and I try to say, but the will of God's found in the Word of God. You're talking about the plan of God. And honestly, don't worry about that awfully much. You just get in the center of God's will. Trust me, the plan will start to reveal itself in His time. It'll be okay. But, but I don't know whether I should be a lawyer. I don't know if I should be a taxi driver. I don't know if I should, you know, work on, uh, you know, hang off a, tr- uh, a trash truck. I don't know if I should be a teacher. I don't know if I should be a lawyer. I don't, don't you worry about that right now. You stay in the center of God's will. And you seek the counsel of your parents. You seek the counsel of your pastor. You seek the counsel of your spiritual leaders. You allow God to begin to work in your life, move in your life. Let me tell you something. Some young man or young woman that's in the center of God's will is not a lazy student. So don't freak out, parents. I want them to be good. I want them to get a good job one day. I want them. They'll be perfectly fine if they'll stay in the center of God's will. You know, we get too concerned about that stuff above the spiritual stuff. If we'd make the spiritual a little bit more important than all that other stuff, we might be surprised how well they would do in life. And maybe their marriages would last. And maybe situations would continue to go forward in a proper way. And we wouldn't have to be laying in our bed at night praying and begging God to keep them safe from the harms and, and the wickedness and the, uh, uh, just the idolatry of the world. I mean, listen, I, as parents, we're doing that anyway. But man, I'll tell you what, when you're in the throes of a heated battle with your children, let me tell you something. 
You want to believe that they've had a tremendous foundation in this. This is where they need the foundation. This is what will ultimately carry them through. We make way too much out of what the world says is important and a priority. Way too much. If my kid had something to memorize, and it was the Bible or a, a lesson at school, I'd tell them to memorize both. Simple. He can't be in the center of God's will if he's not obeying his authorities. But yet I don't want him to slack on his Bible reading and prayer and his memorization either. All I'm saying is the will of God's pretty clear. It covers everything. And everything falls into place when we make this the priority of our life. Because someone that is in the center of God's will will be the best dad they can possibly be. They'll be the best husband they should possibly be. They'll be the best Christian they can be. They'll be a good soul winner. Because they, like Christ, are in the center of God's will. And people repenting is important. And it's true about everyone else, too. Now, watch this. Where do I find the plan of God? Again, no one can tell you what the plan of God is for your life but God. He's the only one that can tell you that. I'm sorry, Mom and Dad, you can't tell your kids what the plan of God is for their life. You can help guide them. You can give them direction. You say, wait a second, you're undermining my authority now. No, I'm not undermining your authority. I'm just expressing God's authority. See, the fact is today is that you have to determine what the plan of God is by praying and seeking God's face. But if you're not in the center of God's will, don't you dare tell me you know what the plan of God is. Turn our slide on, would you, fellas? This is where it gets, this is where it gets messed up. Notice, notice this thing. Oh, my slide's a little messed up because I didn't change it to 16 by 10. I left it at 4 by 3. The will of God is spiritual. It's found in the Word of God. The plan of God includes the physical and will always be found inside the will of God. Here's the bottom line. The will of God is not conforming to the world. It's, it's redeeming the time. It's service from the heart. It's remaining pure and holy. The will of God is giving thanks in, in everything, giving thanks, obeying authority, not willing that any should perish. That's the will of God. Notice the will of God here. Inside the will of God is what? The plan of God. Don't you tell me you know what the plan of God is for your life if you're not in the, if you're not in the will of God. You, the plan of God always exists within the will of God. That's how it works. That's why God puts such an emphasis on the will of God. Because if we find the will of God and we obey the will of God and we, we yield to the will of God, then everything else will fall into place. The where, the when, the hows, the whys, all of that falls into place. Where, where should I serve God? What city? What town? What, what capacity? All of that falls under the plan of God. And God has a plan for every single life in here. And every single life is unique in God's plan. Not one person can tell someone else exactly what the plan of God is for their life, but God himself. And they cannot know the plan of God for their life until they get in the center of God's will. God always steers a a, a moving vessel. And we're so, if we're not careful, we almost come to a grinding halt trying to find something that does not exist. We need to get into something that does exist, and that's the will of God. And the plan of God will come to fruition. Some of you, I don't care how old you are in this room. God may have a different plan for you than you think once you get in that will. I mean, when we really get holy and separate, when we really get serious about the things of God, if indeed we're not yet, when that takes place, all of a sudden, 
Everything else washes away and God begins to steer us and move us. The question is, will we obey then? I like uh, Mike Van Horn, one of our missionaries, Rock of Ages. Brother Van Horn's dad went to Bible college at like age 55. At age 61, he goes and start. He, he takes a church and pastors for the first time in his life. At 61. Oh, God would never call me. I'm too old for those kind of things. He got in the center of God's will, and you know where it steered him? The plan for his life. He, he had no question. Now, all of a sudden, he was at peace in his heart. He knew he was right where God wanted him. He wasn't fighting feelings. He wasn't dealing with issues in his life. He just said, you know what, God, whatever you want. I'm in your center of your will. I'll do whatever you choose. I'm separated from the world. I'm not conformed to the world. I want to be living for you and serving from the heart. I want to be, I want to be giving thanks in everything. And Lord, whatever you want. And boy, God steered him right into the ministry at 61 years of age. He was retired a few years ago. From the ministry, that is. He's over 70. We limit God. It's not a matter. Don't, you don't have to try to find the plan of God for your life. It'll find you. You just get in the center of God's will. You just make it a goal of your life to be in the will of God. And all of a sudden, that other stuff starts taking place, starts taking care of itself. It'll work out. It'll work out. That's scary for us, though, as parents, isn't it? Because we want control. Hey, listen, I don't know about you, but I like control of things. But to have to take my hands off of some things is tough. And that's one of them. I have to let God have His will and plan in the life of my children. What if, what if He called our children today to go to a Muslim nation overseas? They might not be safe, Brother Fred. They might die on the field. Listen to me. God doesn't guarantee safety. I don't see that as the will of God. I don't see being dismembered or having limbs cut off being part of the will of God. That'll never happen to you. Nope, that's not what the will of God says. As a matter of fact, it says in everything, give thanks. How, how are you going to do that in that situation? You've got to be in the center of God's will if you want that to be the situation. You better be right with God. I, I mean, I'm not trying to gloom and doom here. I'm just saying we get situated where the will of God is priority in our life and it's what we want for our families and our children. Then guess what? God is free to steer them. And I want God to put my kids wherever they're supposed to be. Maybe one day I'll be like, oh, Lord, are you sure this is not looking good? And that may happen. But at some point as a parent, I'm going to have to be able to go, Lord, if I want to be in the center of your will, I have to be able to give thanks in everything. Well, that's a tough one. But nonetheless, this is it right here. This is what the biblical principles are concerning the will of God. The will of God outlined in the Word of God. The plan of God includes the physical. Now, that's the question that was being asked at Bible college. What's the plan of God for your life? Nothing wrong with that question, especially to Bible college students. Where's God steering you? What's God doing in your life? Where do you see yourself in five years, God willing? Those are good questions to ask Bible college students. I feel compelled to the mission field. I, I, I believe God's called me to, to, the, to the pastor. I, I'm convinced God wants to use me in evangelism. I, wonderful. That's the plan of God then. That would be the plan, not the will. Every one of us can be in the will of God here today.
We don't have to ask God, what is it? I'm confused. Could you just remove the veil, God, from the will of God so that I can see it? He just did. We opened it, and it was found in the Word of God. That's the will of God. Now the question is, what's the plan of God for your life? And you know what? I'm 51 years old. Do you know that God can still steer me? I don't have to die at Community Baptist Temple in the pulpit here. I don't have to. God wants me to do something else. He is free to do so. That's his business. You want to know something? God's free to do that in your life too. But we'll never be willing to let God steer us the way we ought until we're in the middle of his will, until we're allowing him to have control of us and we're yielding our control to him. Then we can know where we're God wants us, not where we want to be. The will of God versus the plan of God. There it is, right before our eyes. Right here, really. This is where it is. What's God got for your life? Don't answer that. Probably if I say to Cody right now, what's God's plan for your life? Cody would be like, man, I'm freaking out, dude. I don't have a clue. I hope he calls me to this, or I hope he asks me to do I hope he lets me do this. Is he, well, I think, yeah, God wants me to be married. Really? Does he? You know that already? Wait a second. That's what everybody does. I didn't ask you what everybody does. What God want for you? See, you get where I'm going with this. It's easy for us to say what the will of God is or the plan of God is if we take him out of it. Let's let God be the judge of that. Let's let God be the, the one who decides those things. Let's just be consistent with the will of God the best we can, trying our best to be in the center of God's will. And while we're there, we'll eventually run smack dab face to face with the plan of God. It just, you can't get away from it. Because God loves to use people who are available. You'll find it. And then you will have purpose in your life. Why are people killing themselves left and right? Because they have no purpose, no hope. I don't, I, what are we here for? What's the purpose of life? It makes no sense to me. I just want to end it all. They don't know what the plan of God is for their life because they're not in the will of God. There is no purpose for your life outside of God. There's no purpose. He's our all in all. We're trying to live life without God, and we wonder why we're so depressed and so discouraged and so down and so hopeless. Let's do our best to be in the center of God's will where peace and purpose and confidence and joy are found. That's where it all is in the center of the will of God. And that's where you'll find that plan of God, too. Thanks, fellas. You can turn that off. So if I ask you the question today, two questions. Are you in the will of God today? Based on the Word of God. Not on your own opinion. Not based on how you feel. But based on what we just read in the Word of God. If that's the criteria, which it is, if, if that's the standard, and it is, are you in the will of God tonight? And do you want to find the plan of God for your life tonight? That's a question. You want to find that plan, where do you have to be? In the will of God. So that's why it's important that we get right with God, that we repent of sin, that we deal with areas of our life that are 
not in alignment with his word. Because where it's impossible to find or remain in the plan of God as long as we are not in the will of God. Father, we come to you. We ask, Lord, you'd help us tonight with this simple, simple truth from the word of God. But one, Lord, that is often misunderstood.